Oh, come on. Holy Ghost, stick them. Lift them high in the air. Lift up your hands. Holy Ghost, stick them. Come on. Jesus, we worship you in this house. You are our Lord and Savior. God, we ask, Lord, that you would just have your way in this service. We offer you our praise. We offer you our songs. We offer you our music, God. We give you this morning, oh Lord. <laughs> we come together as a body and say that Jesus, you're worthy. That Jesus, you're beautiful. Come on and tell him. Give him your praise. You're so beautiful, Lord. to dance and celebrate with all we have and we'll dance to thank you for mercy come on sing your glory your glory taught us how to shout to lift your name over all the earth and we'll shout to thank you for glory it's the overflow it's the overflow come on of a forgiving soul now that we've seen you, God, our hearts can now stay silent. And we'll be dancing generation, dancing because of your good mercy, Lord. Because of your good mercy, Lord. We'll be shouting generation, shouting because of your glory, Lord. Because of your glory. One more time, your mercy taught us. Here we go. Your mercy taught us how to dance, to celebrate with all we have, and we'll dance to thank you for mercy. We'll sing your glory. Your glory taught us how to shout, to lift your name over all the earth, and we'll shout to thank you for glory. Come on, it's the overflow, it's the overflow of our forgiving soul. And now that we've seen you, God, our hearts can now stay silent. And we'll be 
dancing generation, dancing because of your good mercy, Lord. Because of your good mercy, Lord. It will be a shout of the shout. Shouting because of your glory, Because of your Come on, just the drums and voice, sing it out. We'll be. It will be a dancing generation. Dancing because of your great mercy, Lord. Because of your great mercy, Lord. Come on, sing it. We'll be. It will be shouting generation. Shouting because of your great glory, because of your Go sing it We'll be We'll be Dancing generation Dancing because of Your mercy Lord Because of your It's all because of you We'll be We'll be a shouting generation Shouting because of Your Because of your one more time and we'll be, we'll be, we'll be, Lord, because of your mercy, Lord, because of your mercy, Lord, come on and tell them, we'll be a shouting generation, shouting because of your glory, Lord, because of your glory, Lord, come on, give me your praise. Give them your worship this morning. Come on. You're so worthy, God. Your presence is in this place. Hallelujah, all God reigns. It's 
Love it can't be 
chapter 8 verse 37 and onward says knowing all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels or demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you rejoice today in the love of God? Hallelujah. Thank Him for His love. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love, Jesus. We thank you for your love, God. In Ephesians, it says, Your love knows no height, no death, no width, no breath. Your love is boundless and endless, O oh God, eternal as your nature. Oh, Lord, nothing, nothing separates us from your love. Who is man that you are mindful of him? Who are we but the dust of the earth? 
yet you call us your sons and your daughters. You give us free will to have our own decision upon this earth to choose or reject you. But your love, it never changes. You sent your son Jesus to die for us so that those decisions we've made that have separated us from you, we can be brought together with you. And sometimes people ask me, why is there a hell then if God loves me so much? God, you loved us so much, you won't make anybody spend eternity with you. Who doesn't want to be with you? You gave us that choice. We're not your robots. We're not your toys on a shelf that you pull out and play with every now and then. We're your creation with our own free will. And you love us despite our mistakes. You sent Christ to die for us to raise again on the third day. And today, God, we choose you. We choose you, God. We love you back. There's no way we can repay the love you've given us. There's no words to describe how thankful we are. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing for eternity, your great wonders of your grace. But God, we give back all that we have. Our life is yours. Our life belongs to you. Would you just say that to Jesus before we close the worship time with prayer? Would you let him know your life belongs to him. You were purchased by his blood. You are no longer your own. Out of love, you serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He could have made you bow your knee. He could take your breath away right now. But he gives you a choice to serve it, and he promises you blessings forevermore. Would you surrender your life today to his will, to his plan, to his ways? We're going to sing this one more time. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And as we do, if you're going through something today, would you let Jesus and his love be the answer? Heal your heart. Let's sing it again, man. Come on. Nothing can take us away. That's right. It can't be broken. It can't be removed from my heart. Just a few more times. Worship him, the lover of it's your soul. He is worthy. His love can't be removed from my heart. From my heart. His love can't be taken. His love can't be broken. His love can't be removed from my heart. From my heart. Just a few more times. That's our profession today. That is our heart. Just one more time, the voices and the guitar. This love can't be taken. Yes. Love can't be broken. Love can't be removed from my heart. From my heart. Hallelujah. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Come on. Amen. We'll praise God with you. I'm going to ask that you would stay standing. Just in an attitude of prayer, we're going to call Michelle Harris forward. Michelle Harris has a beautiful testimony that God did in her life. Would you come on up here? We just want to bless you. It's okay. You can face the people and open your eyes because we want them to see you. 
Michelle came to this church by way of hardship, trials, and tests. God brought her here to our old location about two and a half, three years ago. And God did such a marvelous work in her life. What a testimony. I mean, from the moment we all met Michelle, we said this is a firecracker for Jesus. And she hasn't stopped popping and exploding. If you get around her, she'll just set you on fire. But the Lord says her season here is up. And God has brought her to a new state to live, Missouri. What city in Missouri? Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri. And she has found a home there, a job. God has blessed her there in more ways than she will have time to share. But I'm going to let her share through these tears her testimony. But we're going to pray for her today. We're going to send her out and let her know that all of these smiling brothers and sisters, the faces will always be there. And with technology, you can watch us online. Amen. And come out and visit us. Michelle, just briefly, I know there's so much to share. Would you just share with us what God did in your heart here in the years that you were with us? Man, Jesus is so good. Because it was Metro Praise where I learned to fall in love with the body of Christ. Like five years ago, I, I came to know Jesus personally as my Lord and Savior, my best friend, my lover, my everything, my all in all. But it wasn't until I came to Metro Praise that I learned to fall in love with his bride. I felt the love when I first came in through the door. I felt love, like a genuine love from people. Not even thinking about it. And then you know, through the year, just again, God confirmed discipleship, the simplicity of the cross. Just the message here is always the same day in and out. Get to know Jesus. That's it. And love him with all of your heart and love people. And I love that. And so I'm taking that on to Missouri as well. I'm going to implement it there. I'm taking the books. I'm taking everything. And, and, and just saying, just connect, mentor, sin. That's it. I'm sold out for Jesus Amen. and Metro Praise. Amen. Let's bless the Lord for that. Now, Sister Michelle, would you stay down there and just face me and elders and deacons, would you just come around her right now? We're just going to bless you in Jesus' name. The church is bigger than a building. It's bigger than 4323. It's bigger than a name, Metro Praise. The bride of Christ is everywhere. We believe, God, you'll find a great place there. Oh, Lord, we thank you for her life, her testimony, her children. Oh, God, we thank you for the tears of joy she cries now, God, for what you did in her heart. And even the tears of sorrow, God, we will miss her, God. But we know that this is not our home. We're only sojourners passing through. And we will be together again and we'll share the wonders of the cross for eternity. I pray, Lord, that when she arrives there, she'll bring many more with her. She's been a great testimony here to others. And many owe the knowledge of God to her witness. So we ask you, God, for her witness to continue with her husband who is not where he should be with you, though he has a call on his life, for her two beautiful daughters to be raised up in the fear and admonition of God, and for you to bless her, God. Prosper her, God, on her job, wherever she goes. Let the church that she arrives at, God, let them see the witness and the testimony of her heart. Let it be confirmed, O oh God, by her good deeds there, her heart of prayer, her intercession and her love. Let Missouri, God, be better. Because, God, we've sent one there in your name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we send you in grace and peace and the power of our Lord and Savior by the power of his spirit. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Let's bless the Lord for Sister Michelle.
Michelle, would you just turn around? We're going to play a welcome video. If you know her or didn't get to know her, would you come and just wish her well? And also shake each other's hand because life is short. You never know when we'll see each other again. So fellowship as we play this video. Welcome to Metro Praise. Would you put it up a little bit, DJ? Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you for coming today.
getting full. The house of God is filling up. What a good thing to see. Welcome to Metro Praise. Sister Michelle, we love you. The goodbyes will never end, we know. So stay up here, ladies, and keep saying goodbye as long as you want. Guadalupe loves you. Hallelujah. But we'll be in the back hanging out with her. Just want to welcome everybody here. This is our Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. How many are happy to be here? Say amen. 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 We're happy you're here. Can you look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you made it. Amen. This is a good testimony to see what we are going to do for the summer. It shows that Metro Praise comes to church when the weather is good. Somebody say, good. Amen. We come to church when the weather is good. That's what I like to see. We also have encounter nights Wednesdays at 7 p.m., which are our time for families to get together, train up our K through 5th young people, and then to have prayer meeting, Bible study here. Everyone is always welcome. And the, uh, the what we're doing now is Royal Rangers, K through 5th. is called uh, Royal Rangers for Boys and Impact for Girls. Come on out. And then the last uh, Wednesday of every month is our family fun night. Uh, do we have the family fun night? It's going to be June 27th. It's going to be outdoor games and activities. We're going to have a bounce house. So bring all of your friends and family from the neighborhood as well. And then elevate. Amen. Elevators doing it. Going to the next level. Bing. Every Friday night at 730. Elevating. Here is the man that's in the elevator. What do you call the elevator man? The guy who pitches the buttons? This is the guy. Let's give it up for Pastor Adam. <laughs> He pushes the button. He says, what level do you want to be elevated to? Oh, amen. What's up, babe? What's going on in Elevate right Actually, now? Actually, this coming week, we're going to be out at Boricua Fest, so we're not going to be here. So if you're here at 6 o'clock or 7.30, we won't be here. We're going to be out in the streets preaching the word of God. So be there with us at Boricua Fest. We're going to be out there in north of California. Also, we're moving Life Group to Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Some cool things happening, so be a part of it. Tuesday, 6 p.m. This week, at Boricua Fest. Adam, is there any youth group you know of in the city that for the youth group, they're going to be at Boricua no. Fest? Come on, you know your church is cool <laughs> when they say our Come youth on. group is going to be out there at Boricua Fest. Reggaeton. Man, you need to tell all of your friends, our youth group is going to be at Boricua Fest. Tell all of your friends, go find them and say, guess where my church is going to be this Friday? In Humboldt Park. And we're going to have these speakers bumping Christian reggaeton, free arroz con candules. We're going to be preaching the gospel to them and see them saved and delivered. Can I hear a woo-woo for the young people? Amen. Elevate. Come on. Amen. And this is what we're excited about. Is anybody excited about Puerto Rican Festival this week? Amen. This Thursday, ooh, soldiers of Christ. It's time, like they used to say in the South, knuckle up, buckle up. It's time to get ready in war against the devil. We love people. Our enemy are not the people, the drug dealers, the gangbangers. Our enemy is not the gay or lesbian community. Our enemy is the devil. And we go out there in war against the enemy of their souls, the gangbanger. He doesn't know what hell will be like. He doesn't know the devil's duped and deceived him, the woman living in adultery. They don't know. We need to go out there and tell them the enemy's been defeated. And Jesus is Lord. And if you don't want to come for that, come to get some of the free arroz con candules. We're going to give out the free Puerto Rican rice. We're going to be right there on North in California sharing the love of Christ in every which way you can imagine. In song, in testimony, the whole band is going to be out there. Christian reggaeton and rap. We're going to be sharing testimonies galore. We'll be praying for any need. We have a prayer tent. We're going to tell people, hey, if you have a prayer need for anything, come to this tent. We'll pray for you. And we're going to believe God for great things. So it's going to start the 14th this Thursday at 5 p.m. So when is it going to start what day? 
Thursday. And what time right here? 5 p.m. So come at 5 p.m. We have a Facebook event page. We're inviting everybody that way as well. Check it out at 2012 Puerto Rican Festival Outreach. Bring anybody you know to meet us there. Even if they're lost, just say, my church is going to be there. Come show up. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, this is the time to reach our friends for Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And then to play off of that, that Sunday, so we're going to be out there Thursday at 5 p.m. Then we're going to start Saturday at 9 a.m., Friday at 9 a.m., and Saturday at 9 a.m. right here. So it's going to be Thursday at 5 and Friday and Saturday at 9 a.m. here. So we're asking you to get off work if you can. But that next Sunday, what we're going to do is it's going to be Father's Day. And we're going to give gifts to all the fathers. So make sure everybody comes who's a father. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll be giving you gifts. But everybody we invite from Bodequa Fest who fills up these chairs and packs the house out gets a free gift. And so even if you can't make it to Bodequa Fest, bring a friend and they will get a free gift because it's bring a friend to church day. So what do you think you should do on bring a friend to church day? Bring a... Y'all so smart. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, friend, don't you come by yourself. Bring a friend. Amen. And family fun night's going to be at the end of this month. Some exciting things going on. And now we got to prepare you for, for prepare you for July, which is going to be the summer retreat. Come on. Ishmael and Robin Lopez are in charge. I'm going to ask them to come up, share briefly what's going to be going on this year. Both of you, come on up. Let's give it up for the Lopez Familia. Ay, 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 ay. Tell us about it, baby. Well, this year is going to be so much fun. We're actually going to a campground. So you guys are going to, who have, who, if you haven't experienced this, it's going to be a, a new experience, obviously. <laughs> so sign up um, or uh, show up that day. It's going to be July 6th and 7th. Show up here at July 6th at 6.30. What time? In the morning. All right. So you're not sleeping in that day. 6.30 in the morning. Try to get Friday off. Um, man, Robin and I, we've been just dreaming about this thing. It's actually literally a mile away from our house, so it's, it's kind of going to be in my neighborhood. But uh, we're gonna be, there's going to be all kinds of fun basketball courts, volleyball courts, softball, baseball, all that, all, anything that involves throwing a ball. All right. Uh, and there's going to be baptisms and, and all kinds of stuff there. So food is included, $60. If you're an adult, 12 to 90, $60. And uh, 6 to 11 is $30, right, hon? And then five and under is free. So if you're a five-year-old, you're free. No five-year-olds in here. All right, so just that's it. Show up and go. <laughs> Thank you. We got plenty of time to prepare. Fourth of July shouldn't interfere. Come on out. We want to bring everybody here with us out there. What town is it in? Is it in Volo? Ingleside, which is next to Volo, next to Fox Lake. Anything you can think of at a campground is going to be there. Outdoor activities, hiking, swimming, all of those fun things. Please come out, bring your friends, bring your family, and we're going to believe God for a great time out there. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And we are making one change, and we uh, need to get on the same page. This year, we actually want to do baptisms in the church the Sunday of that retreat, because normally when we do our baptisms at the retreat place, your friends and family cannot come. So we are going to have a baptismal tank portable one put here that Sunday we get back from the retreat and everybody getting baptized, invite your friends, get a free t-shirt and get baptized in church. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Because we've been baptizing out in the lake and it's awesome for all the weird Wisconsin people to look at us going, what are they doing? We're baptizing in your lake right now. But nobody else's family is there. We want your family and friends to come see your baptisms. Can I hear an amen? 
Amen. And this is the vision of Metro Praise. Somebody say, love God. Amen. Say, love people. Thank you. Like Michelle was saying, it's been simple since we started. It will keep going even after we all leave this earth. It sh should the Lord tarry 100 years, 200 years, Jesus gave us one command to love him and our neighbor as ourselves. That command has two parts, and we are to do it with everything we have within us. And Jesus asked you to be a part of that. And so please join with Metro Praise. If you like it this week, you'll like it even better next week. If you're a visitor in the back, well, Berto is. Berto, would you raise your hand? We have information to give you. And we also want to invite you to come out to our life groups because we believe that connecting to the cross means connecting to the church and it's more than just a Sunday experience. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. We want to connect you to the cross through life groups, mentor you through our discipleship and send you out to change the world. And is there anybody here that gets excited about life groups? Come on, don't just say it because your pastor said it. Is there anybody here that gets life at life groups? Amen. Life at life group. So when you connect to the cross, you connect with the body of believers. You get to know who Jesus Christ is. These life groups are home Bible studies that meet in the home with food, fun, and fellowship. And if you enjoy food, you'll like it here. You enjoy fellowship, you like it here. And if you enjoy fun, you'll like it here. Does everybody enjoy fun? Okay, you, you know, we got to have fun in life. Well, there at that place, you can begin to have fun, food, and fellowship and grow in your walk with God. They meet with different times and places with the adults and with the youth, and God is truly showing up there. And then the second way that we become a part of what God is doing is get mentored. Can everybody say get mentored? Thank you. When you join a life group, you can begin to say to the life group leader there, would you take me through this book one-on-one? -on -one? Do you know that our church is built upon one-on-one? -on -one? may have 100, 200 people here today, but this church is built upon one-on-one. -on -one. That means when you leave here, somebody wants to pray with you, get into your life and share life with you. Now, that may scare some and say, I don't want one-on-one. -on -one. I want 100 on one. Leave me alone. But when you get ready to go through life and the troubles and the things of, uh, of this world and you're ready to have somebody with you, you're going to reach out to that somebody to go one-on-one -on -one against the devil and against the authority of Satan to build God's church and that's why he sent us out to go and make disciples so we want to get in a relationship with you one-on-one -on -one. and then when you complete that you join the Bible class which is called our 201 which raises you up to be a radical soul winner and do you know what we had in our Bible class today from 8 to 9 a debate with a Mormon missionary and then as we were talking and discussing with him he said can I call up my friend he ended up having four on this side, and it was me, and it still wasn't even because we had the truth on our side. Can I hear an amen from the disciples? You connect to the cross through the life group. Begin to get mentored one-on-one. -on -one. Go to the Bible class with the 201, and then everybody go, send. Then we believe you can fulfill the great commission to go out and make disciples that make disciples on your job, in your home, in your family. We believe, God, that we can raise up 100,000 disciples here with 50 churches in Chicagoland and 500 around the world. If you believe we can do it, can somebody say, let's do it? Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for believing in what we do. Here is our giving plan for this month. As we are increasing in numbers, we are beginning to meet our budget, but we are still a little bit behind in our budget, and we need to ask for extra in the building fund. If 50 could give 50 a month, we would have an extra $2,500. You can mark it on your offering as building. And if you would help us with missions, 50 times 25, 50 people giving that a, a month, we could have $1,250 for 
missions. Our church is built on your support, and we ask you to partner with us. Right now, we have over 250 churches in five different nations. I'm fixing to go visit them in August, and God is opening the door. So I'll be flying to Delhi, to southern India, to Nepal, and I'm now considering if we can make it to the Philippines because that ticket alone from Nepal to the Philippines is an extra $1,500 a piece. But here's how you can help with missions. Whatever you give, circle towards missions. And this month, we're buying a laptop for the pastor of Nepal so that he can utilize it for the glory of God. How many think our pastor with 15 churches in Nepal could use a laptop for the glory of God? Amen? Praise him, somebody. Would you stand up with me, please? God is good. Thank you so much for your consistent giving to our ministry. Metro Praise was established upon loving God and people. No denomination was behind us. No outside support. But what you see today, God did through the people that are here today. Just look at your neighbor and say thank you. Thank you. We believe that 10% belongs to the Lord as our tithe. So off top, no matter who you are, give a tithe to the Lord, 10% of your total income. That is what we believe is an obligation to God. And the 90%, you do what God has given you the blessing to do. With that 90%, as I was sharing before, I was asking for offering. And the reason why we're asking for that offering is the building fund. We're still paying off debt that's above our monthly budget. That comes from our tithe. And we still need to help our missionaries. There may come a time when we won't have a building budget, but we would always have the missions offering. Can I hear an amen? Because we always want to support what God is doing out there. And what's $25 a month towards missions? That's less than a dollar a day. And that's you saying, God, use this to change the world. Why do we give to God? For three reasons. Number one, we do it to break the love of money off of our hearts. I don't know about you, but money seems to always want to take me out on a date and woo me in. Does anybody, does anybody ever get asked out by money? Does money ever come just whistling to you and talk, look at you, come on over here. Money has a way of always trying to take us out on a date, doesn't it? Money wants to be loved. Just more you have, the better. But when we give to God first, that tithe, we're breaking that love of money because God says it can cost us our soul. The second thing we do when we give is we're storing up treasures in heaven because people of faith actually believe in heaven. Does anybody believe that? And we believe we'll be there a lot longer than we are here. So the Bible says store up treasures. Get ready. And then the third thing the Bible says by you giving here, Paul talked about it all the time, you impact change in this world. We changed the world through our gifts. The bus, or excuse me, the van broke down. How much did it cost? $750. We took it out of our budget. See, we need that to come from the building fund extra. Well, when it's fixed, what do we do? We take people to and from church who need transportation. We help the hurting and the needy. Can I hear an amen? Amen. The Bible says as we do, he blesses us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word that said when we give, it's given back to us, pressed down and shaken together. We pray, Lord, for our country, for our leadership, our presidents and all the uh, president and all those in authority, the Congress, uh, Lord, the Senate, who are still working on a budget reform. God, we ask for your wisdom to come to each state through their governors, and that the Lord, the debt that's over Illinois, California, and many of our states would be rid, oh God, would be taken care of because of wisdom. Lord, we pray for businesses to grow and to be blessed. But, Lord, not just so that we can have more money because we had that in the 80s and 90s and we spent it on ourselves. But, Lord, but as you bless us this time, we would put our trust in you and not the dollar bill. 
as the dollar bill says in God we trust. Lord, remind us to do that. Bless us here on our jobs. Increase us with wisdom and knowledge and help us to be givers. Always put in your kingdom first, knowing that when we do, you will add every good and perfect gift unto us. But we seek you first. And Lord, I specifically pray for Nigeria, Pastor Chime, who oversees five churches. In northern India, Pastor Anil, who oversees 40. Pastor Jabez, who oversees 70. For Pastor Edward in Pakistan with over 70 churches. Pastor Madhav in Nepal with 15. And Pastor Dodong, oh God, in the Philippines with 10 churches. We lift them up to you. They are suffering even more than we do. And God, they still preach the gospel. Would you use us to change their world as you change ours? In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. Let's say what Paul said on the count of three, Philippians 4.19. One, two, three, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Will you come rejoicing as you give today? Thank you so much for what you do. God bless you. SUM band. Amen. SUM students graduated this weekend. Nine students. If you were a part of the SUM graduation, one of our nine graduates who received a Bachelor's of Arts in Biblical Studies from the accredited university SUM Bible Theological Seminary. Would you stand right now, those of you who did graduate, and can we bless these future ministers? Keep standing. Come on. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And we are sure going to put you to work after service and for the rest of your life. Three years to become ministers. Isn't that something? As I was mentioning last week, this kind of ties into our offering. It's funny when, uh, you know, the parents first come to us when their young person is in Bible college. They say, oh, you know, my, my kid's not going to make any money. You know, pastors don't make any money. And then a few uh, months go by, they're, they're in church, and then they complain, this church has all this money. This church has all this money. So which way do you want it? Do you want the church to have money? and pay for the laborers that are here, or do you want the church to be broke, busted, and disgusted and not pay for the laborers? You can't have it both ways. Metro Praise desires to put those men and women on staff for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just give you a little couple ideas that we have. Two of our women that graduated, uh, sisters in the Lord, want to start a Christian daycare here at Metro Praise. Can I hear amen for that? Things are going to start happening with these graduates, so get ready. God is moving. I want to share with you today the message in the series, Reach the Lost at Any Cost. Today's message is Outreach Evangelism. Can everybody say, Reach the Lost at Any Cost? Come on, let's say it again. Reach the Lost at Any Cost. Thank you. We are in this series because it's warm in Chicago and it's time to get out and win souls. Our first week, June 3rd, we talked about friendship evangelism, how to win the friends that you know to the Lord. Today we're going to talk about outreach evangelism, preparing you for the outreach we're doing at Bodequa Fest. Everybody go, oh. 
See, isn't that pretty cool? We're not just sending you out there with the Bible going, go on, go on. I don't know what to do. Just take your Bible and go. Hit them with it. No, no, we, we, no, don't do that. We want to train you. So today, we're going to train everybody here how to do outreach evangelism because this Thursday, this Friday, this Saturday, we're going to be outreaching. And how many of the disciples went with Jesus when he outreached? Twelve. Everybody say twelve. Or just somebody say all of them. Thank you. So when Jesus went out, it wasn't like Peter said, oh, I'm a little tired. John, you guys go ahead. I'm just going to stay back here. Or it wasn't like, you know, Bartholomew said, no, I'm not called to that. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this uh, fishing ministry and just uh, do a fish fry. No, when Jesus went to do his outreaches, how many of the disciples went? All of them. So when Metro Praise does an outreach, how many disciples should go? All of them. Amen. And then next week is actually bring a church, bring a friend to church evangelism. So when you bring a friend here and the Boricua Fest people come, we're going to lead them to the Lord here in this service. So come excited and ready for a gospel message. There's going to be testimonies, and it's going to be awesome. And then the following week, June 24th, will be prayer evangelism, talking about how to continue to pray for people even though we don't see them saved. Many reject the gospel, but that doesn't mean we take them out of our heart. We continue to pray. Pray for them. Everybody say pray. Thank you very much. So today we're going to talk about outreach evangelism. Will you open up with me to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. So glad that you're here today. Have some special guests that are here in the front. Uh, mom and dad, would you just give them a little wave? Amen. There they are, my mom and dad. Such a blessing. They came down for Nancy's graduation. My mom friendship evangelized me at the kitchen table. Led me to the Lord. So any mamas here praying for lost sons and daughters, there's one on fire for Jesus right there. She did not let me go. Just like that love we were talking about in, the, in that song, the love of God would not let me go. It would not let me go because mama kept praying. Here is our scripture for this month in the series, Reaching the Lost at Any Cost. It comes from Mark 16. If you're there, can you say I'm there? Amen. Here it is. Jesus said unto them, go into just your neighborhood Go into just the nice places. Go into what? All the world. Come on, say it like you're up this morning. Go into all the world, thank you, and tell people about how nice a person they are. No, and preach the good news or gospel to all creation. Here is the gospel in summary. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So Jesus is the one who set up the ultimatum. When we feel that this is unfair in some way, here's what you can do. Be a God, create your own universe, die on the cross for those people's sins, and then set your gospel salvation method. Until then, we're going to follow the creator of this universe and his son, Jesus Christ, and the message he gave us. Amen? And in this message, there is a heaven and a hell. It may be tight, but it's... Right, so you better get on the gospel train or you are going to go to hell. This is the truth. There's only one way to heaven, and it's with Jesus. Everybody go, choo-choo, all aboard. Come on, get on the Jesus train. Now, verse 17, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. So that means we will cast out evil spirits. When Jesus walked the earth and uh, uh, preached the gospel, did he cast out evil spirits? Now, do you think there are evil spirits uh, in our day? I believe so. We see them all over the place. So he said, cast out demons. We will see that happen. They will speak with new tongues. Anybody here baptized in the Holy Ghost? Amen. Not just learning Spanish or Polish or anything other than that. It's a spiritual language that the Holy Spirit gives you. 
in the Bible, Jesus said we would do it. Then verse 18, which some people get confused and will clarify, says they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And this is showing that in the Bible days, snakes could hurt you, poison, uh, people could try to poison you. As you remember, in, in this time, they would actually have kings and leadership would have people to actually eat their food and drink their wine before they did because people tried to poison. Now, I didn't share this with you last week, and I will. Do you know that while Paul was preaching, a viper jumped out of a bush and actually grabbed a hold of him and, and bit him. All the people thought he was going to die because it was a venomous snake, and they knew on the island that this snake kills you when you are bitten. Paul didn't die. God kept him ticking, and the whole island gave their heart to Jesus. See, it's a sign of God saying, you're not leaving here until I'm done with you. It's like my dad. He gets scared when I drive in traffic, and I'm like, relax, Dad. You're going to heaven one way or the other. If it's, in, if it's in my car, then so be it. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, you wouldn't make it very long in India because, I mean, I'm like a hot-riding guy in Chicago. But when I got to India, five lanes, them driving everywhere and cows and everything, I was holding on to the front. Dear Lord, forgive me a sinner, Jesus. Just forgive, for, forgive me for arguing with my wife. I was doing the Catholic thing. I'm just like, get me to heaven, Jesus. But now I just go there and I just put on my headphones and kick back. But those of you who have been to third world countries understand this ain't nothing. But the point that Jesus is making is if somebody pulls a gun on you, they can't kill you until it's time to go. If somebody tries to harm you and secretly put poison in your drink, and they did this to one of our disciples, and they also took John the apostle and tried to boil him alive, and they couldn't kill him. He says, you won't get hurt. God will protect you. Now, there are times when we do suffer, but this will be a sign. And then lastly, they will place their hands on the sick people, and they will get well. We believe that when we're out there ministering the gospel, these things should be appearing when we're there. Uh, Demons should be cast out, speaking in new tongues, being invincible, walking in boldness, laying hands on the sick people, and seeing them get healed. Does it happen every time? No. But I'm going to keep doing it for the times that it does happen. I would rather it happen once than it never happen at all. Are you all listening to me? I would rather see one guy get out of a wheelchair and see nobody get out of a wheelchair. That's why we pray for the sick. That's why we cast out devils. Well, what if, what if they run down the road? Sometimes, you know, we start casting out devils. People get scared and run down the road. That's all right. But we also see them get set free, healed, and delivered, and get, get into their right mind. Well, this is what Jesus said. Are you all ready for this? Somebody say, help me, Jesus. Don't be scared. Jesus is with you. This is what he said. Now, he wouldn't do this to get you in any trouble. He's doing this because it's what he wants you to do. Now, verse 19, after the Lord Jesus spoke to them, he was taken up to heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached where? Where? Everywhere. Did they, pre did they preach in the town square? Everywhere. Did they preach in homes? Come on, did they preach from house to house? Yes, on the streets? Yes. So where should we preach? Everywhere, baby. People ask us all the time, why do you go to Mardi Gras? Because it's everywhere. Why do you go to Boricua Fest? Because it's everywhere. Why do you go to the Taste of Chicago? Because it's everywhere. Why do you preach while you're getting your hair cut? Because it's everywhere. We preach everywhere we go. Amen? And the Bible says, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. 
Even to this day, 2,000 years later, we are still preaching that same gospel to believe in Christ and to be saved. If you deny him, you'll be condemned. We are seeing those demons cast out, tongues being spoken, invincibility and boldness, and the sick are being healed. It's time for you to preach the gospel and to reach outside of these four walls and change the world for Jesus. It's your turn. Look at your neighbor and say, it's your turn. Amen. That's why you came today. Amen. You didn't just come to see a spiky-haired preacher preach to you for a little bit. You came to get trained and equipped. Hallelujah. Look at what outreach evangelism is. Here's the simple definition. You can take notes on the back of your announcements. Outreach evangelism is sharing the gospel with new people in a group at parks, door-to-door, and events. So when we're talking about outreach evangelism, this is the kind of evangelism where we take the gospel with us purposefully to meet strangers and people we don't know. It's different from friendship evangelism because friendship evangelism says, I want to witness or preach to my friend, my neighbor, a co-worker, my family member. That's friendship evangelism. That's when you already know them. But outreach evangelism is when you say, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I'm going to go out of my way to share the gospel with you. Some of the main ways we do it is in a group at a park, like we're going to do at Boricua Fest. Life groups do it door to door before they show up for church, uh, before they show up for the life group. And we all also pick out main events like um, the Taste of Chicago and Rib Fest and all these others. Now, of course, you can't make it to all of them, and we don't ask you to. We make those available. But as a church, we try to pick one once a year where we can go to all together. Look at your neighbor and say, it's just one. Come on, just asking all of us to get together as one. I mean, how many family vacations do you take a year? Maybe one or two. You see, I, as a pastor, I want to see us together at least a couple times a year whooping the devil, amen? I mean, I just can't wait. You got Bob and Julie on one corner, Bert Ogersell on another corner, and then we can just survey the land and just look at the devil getting defeated and Jesus getting glorified, amen? And here's the techniques that we're going to use as we see in the Bible. There's one-on-one, so that means when a couple of you are together and you engage somebody personally and you say, hey, my name's Joe, I'm with Metro Praise out here sharing the gospel. Do you have a few minutes? And, you know, they got the, you know, the empanadas or whatever, you know, the mumfongo in their hand, and they're at the event, and they're like, mm, yeah, you can talk to me. You know, they're eating and enjoying it, and you go ahead and talk to them. Sometimes they say no. Well, you, ten more will pass by by the time you can even say lickety-split. Somebody say lickety-split. So if somebody goes, no, don't talk to me, man, whoop, whoop, whoop. people keep coming by. There's thousands of people. Bodequa Fest, there's going to be about a half a million people out there. That's enough for you to take some rejection, a licking, and keep on ticking. Amen? If they don't want it, 10 more are coming by. Give it to them. It's worth it. Number two, public speaking, to preach or share your testimony for all to hear. Now, we won't do this as much because we know some people are shy, may not have the gift of preaching, but we will have the speakers out there, and for some in the 201 class that are willing, along with the elders and deacons and the staff, we are going to publicly testify. So, you know, you'll see somebody, it's their first time, they'll take the microphone and go, hey, everybody, um, my name is Joe, and just wanted to tell you guys Jesus loves you, and he saved me, and I just don't want anybody to go to hell, so I just want to tell you that. Thank you. You know, and, th- and that's how a lot of people tell their first testimony. But then you give it to somebody like Tina or Michelle and these young firecrackers. People are like, Jesus loves you and he wants to change your life. Come to Jesus. And somewhere in between is where you'll be. 
somewhere in between, and you don't have to if you don't want to. This part is optional out there, so don't don't say, well, pastor's going to put me on the microphone. No, we're not going to do that to you. You will be in groups one-on-one. That will be unavoidable. You're going to have to preach, okay? That's going to be unavoidable, but the cool thing is we're going to put the weaker with the stronger, the older with the younger, and we're going to make sure you're comfortable, but then there will be public testimony, and the Latino community, they call these campanas. I didn't make this up, by the way. Are you listening to me? This is how the gospel's been preached a lot longer than I've been here. Amen? And then the last one is charitable deeds. And this is when you help people in their time of need. And so Boricua Fest is actually going to be all of this. We're going to have the one-on-one people just handing out flyers, talking about the church, hanging out with people, what's going on. We're then going to have the music and people on the speakers sharing their testimony, giving short gospel presentations. And then at the same time, we'll do face painting for the children, giving out free food, taking prayer, and even helping the homeless get into shelters because they're drawn to those things. And, and we'll help them get help out there. So all three of these things, one-on-one, public speaking, and charitable deeds are done in outreaches. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So this is the gospel message now. When you are out there, what is the gospel message you should be sharing? Well, there's four main components or parts of the gospel. There's the part that God plays, the part that man plays, the part that uh, Jesus plays, and then the part of the definition of what salvation is, what it means in and of itself. So let me give you the brief biblical understanding of salvation. Number one, God. God created mankind in love for a relationship with himself. Acts 17, 26 through 28. So the gospel message is you are a creation of God. Evolution is not true. You came by the handiwork of God. God created you for a relationship with him, and this is what you would share with him. That's why you feel empty. Even though you may have sex, money, and fame, and all of this, you'll still feel empty. Why? Because we're created with God with a body and a soul, and that soul has a God-shaped hole in it that only Jesus Christ can fill. Can I hear an amen? I mean, did anybody here try to fulfill their life? other than with God, and you still came up short and empty. Well, that's the first part of the gospel message is you're a creation of God, and God loved you. That's why he didn't make a robot. That's why he didn't make two like you and say, when I don't like you, zap, I got another one just like you now. He could have done that. How many knows he could have done that? I mean, when my fish died, I didn't cry because I can go get ten more just like him right at the the fish store here. God didn't say that I'm going to make two nicks and two angels. He made one of you. You're precious. He loves you, and he wants to be in a relationship with you. And sometimes we can't understand how God can love all of us because there's so many of us. But, you know, you look at these guys like Jay Leno and some of these people that can afford collections, artists, uh, you know, these people who love art. They'll get all of one artist, you know, Picasso, Michelangelo, et cetera. And our, our self and our human limitation, maybe we can appreciate 20 cars. Maybe we can appreciate 20 paintings. Women, 20 pairs of shoes. You know what I'm saying? Guys, 20 pairs of jeans or whatever we're into now, okay? Kids, video games, 20 video games, okay? And, and, and we're kind of limited because if, if you had 1,000 video games, 1,000 pairs of shoes, 1,000 sh- uh, uh, cars and all of that, you would eventually lose your ability to concentrate on each one of them. But you see, God is infinite. So how you can look at five things, 10 things, 20 things, God can look at almost 7 billion people and know the amount of hair on your head, know a thought before you think it and go, I love you just the way you are because he's God. He's infinitely bigger than us. Number two is man. Somebody say man. Thank you. The story that man plays is that mankind sinned and has separated themselves from God. Romans 3, 9 through 23. The part that we play in this is we blew the whole thing up. 
We messed it up. God loved us and created us, and we sinned. And sometimes people say, well, hold on, Pastor. Didn't Adam sin, and now we're born a sinner, and we don't really have a choice because of Adam's sin? Well, that is true that we are now born sinners already with the propensity to sin. That's why nobody has to teach my baby girls how to backtalk because they backtalk all by themselves. Nobody has to teach them how to lie. They know how to lie all by themselves. Unless one of you all been sneaking in there teaching them how to lie. Bethany was picking her nose, and I saw her eat it. And I said, did you pick your nose? She's like, no. See, who taught, my Be- who taught my Bethany how to lie about picking her nose? It's one of our children's worker back there going, come here, Bethany. Pick your nose and eat it. Pick your nose, go, pick your nose and eat it. Shh. Don't tell anybody. If anybody ever sees you pick your nose and eat it, you tell them no. See, we're born as sinners, but if you and I were given the same chance as Adam, we would make the same mistake. How do I know? Because once you are already in a position where you get to now make your own decisions, you didn't always tell the truth. You told a lie. You didn't always look correctly at the opposite sex. You lusted. You didn't always let somebody else have their own stuff. You stole. You coveted. You disobeyed your parents, so you're just as guilty as Adam. Everybody say, help me, Lord. Amen. So God creates us in love. For a relationship, man separates himself from God by sin. Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Amen, so precious. Jesus died on the cross, was raised from the dead to be the Savior of mankind. John 3 through 3.16. He teaches us that we believe in him and the work that he did for us, and we will be saved. It's not by our own good works. It's not by being, uh, you know, going to the, the, the ceremonies and being fed communion and confessing to a priest. It is simply believing upon Jesus Christ. And the evidence that you've been born again is you live a new life. You don't live like how you used to. Good works will follow you, but you're not saved by your good works because you could never be good enough to save yourself. Can I hear an amen? Sometimes I hear people say, Pastor, I'm going to work on some things before I go to church. i got some stuff going on in my life. It's like I want to say, I'm going to wash my car before I bring it to the car wash. You bring your tore-up life to God as it is. Amen. You come as you are. Don't let the devil keep you from church because your life is so messed up. Come to church all jacked up if you have to from the club at 4 in the morning smelling like martini and walk yourself to this altar and get saved. Get right with God. Amen. But he loves you so much he don't want to leave you that way. Because then some people say, well, he just loves me the way I am. That's why he does love you the way you are as a sinner, but he loves you too much to leave you as a sinner. When my daughter comes up to me all dirty and from boogers hanging everywhere, you know, my other daughter peeing on herself at the park. I'm just having fun being a parent right now. Daughter pees on herself. The other one is dirty. I'm like, y'all getting spanked when you go home. But, but I don't say to my daughter, I hate you and I'll never love you because you pee on yourself. No, I say I love you just the way you are with little urine stains. But I love you too much to leave you that way. I bring her then to my wife and I say, please change her. And I, I like it better when you're like this without the pee-pee stains. But you see, we needed a helper. Nancy, Jesus died on the cross and says, I love you just the way you are. Then he gives us to the Holy Ghost. And he says, Holy Ghost, sanctify them, change them, get out the poopy diapers and make them new. Woo, come on, somebody. Amen. And salvation, the last point, as we just said, is received when you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. That is how it's received. Romans 10, 10 through 13. So what is the gospel that we're outreaching? 
through the one-on-one evangelism, through us going out and doing charitable deeds, and by us publicly speaking. What are we sharing? The message of God for us, what man has done, what Jesus did for us to be forgiven, and how they can be changed on this earth, receive the kingdom of God, receive forgiveness here. Amen? So many think when they go up to heaven, they're going to tell God they're sorry. It is too late then. You do it here upon this earth, and you receive salvation. Now, here is the thing. We're about ready to play a video right here. This is actually a cool guy. But I want to play this video. And the only reason i got to preface this, we got to play this video, is because for some godforsaken reason, I don't understand, we've done over 100 outreaches over the last seven years, and nobody put together a video yet. So we are going to have a video of another church doing outreach and how excited they are. And then now I can see I picked up some of the techies here, the picture taking folks and the video making folks and the sound booth folks. Can we please get a video from this one? This year, 2012, I want to see the cameras out, the editing, so that we can show the next year's group how fun and exciting it is. Amen? But because we don't have one, we're going to watch these guys. He's actually really excited about doing some outreach. Would you play the video for me, my brother? Thank you. We're down here right now at the CMA Country Music uh, Festival. At the Country Music Festival. The People are getting saved, not just young kids, but 50-year-old men are giving their lives to Jesus because we're out bringing the reality of Christ to the streets. We're letting people know that they need to know the Savior if they want to go to heaven and don't die to go to hell. Praise God. So we're just loving people. We're loving the gospel. We're loving Jesus. We're out here preaching and people are coming to him. give it up for Nashville. Amen. Praise God. Now, if they can go to the Country Music Awards and preach the gospel, we can go to Boricua Fest. Wepa! Fuego! They preached the gospel, signs and wonders followed. Rachel was preaching the gospel 
uh, last year and a young man was saved. He received Jesus into his heart. He was then prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues. God saved and filled that man right there on the streets. Berto prayed for a few homeless men that got delivered from demons, the spirit of alcoholism. God totally transformed them. Others of you that were there, you have those testimonies. It is time for us to make new testimonies and to go out and preach the gospel to this city in Chicago. This is Bodequa Fest. The harvest is ripe for salvation. This is an opportunity. You might say, Pastor, why don't we do the Greek Fest or the Italian Fest? We just pick this one because God put it on our heart. We do go to the other ones, but this is the one we go to as a church. And the question I want to ask you today, is your heart beating for the lost? Do you care about them? Do you love them? Or are you just waiting to get through this time of the church? We actually lost people last year that said, I don't want to go here, but I love your church. And one uh, brother Ish was talking to him and said, well, what's going on? What, what, what's, what's the deal? Well, you know, you're expecting all of us to go out there, and I just don't really want to go. You know, well, I guess if you're going to leave a church for any reason, that's a good reason, right? Because they wanted me to go preach the gospel. Could you imagine him showing up at the other church? Yeah, what brings you here, brother? Well, the other church I was at. Come here, come here. They wanted me to preach. Oh, no, Beelzebub. Where is that church? My friend's a pastor. He knows of another pastor. They would see us standing out because we always stand out before our Wednesday prayer meetings and things with our Bibles. And, and one pastor told me, his friend said to him, what's going on there at Metro Praise? He said, what do you mean? They all got Bibles and they're on the streets and I see them talking to people. And my friend told me the story. He said, they're preaching, dude. What do you think they're doing? Don't the cults do that? Yes, Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses do that, but they got it from the Bible, and we need to take it back in Jesus' name. The book that you have after the four Gospels is not called Sit on Your Pew. It's called Acts, A-C-T-S, and it is the Acts of the Disciples and how they went out everywhere and preached the Gospel, and the Lord worked with them with signs and wonders following. And I've heard it from all kinds of pastors. Well, if I tell my people that they may get offended, let them get offended then. This is what Jesus came to do. Well, what happens if they don't like it and they get scared out there? Well, have them get over the spirit of fear. I'll start this church all over again, and I'll guarantee you if I have to do that, we'll be out on the streets preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That will never change. Amen? I can tell you one thing. As that door hits your backside, we'll get 10 more in your place. Why? Because we go out to the streets and preach the gospel. Well, I just don't like that church. Somebody should do something about that. Like Jesus is going to send the Holy Ghost police to Metro Praise. Y'all just preaching too much. Y'all preaching too much over here. We're going to have to shut you down. Making all the other churches look bad around here. I'm not trying to say we're the best or the only ones. I'm just saying, let's preach the gospel. If you're all ready for the message, can you say amen? Here's the message. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Let us look to Jesus and his example. Everybody say, Jesus is my example. Amen. If Jesus didn't do it, don't you do it. That is what we teach here. Do not do it unless Jesus did it and do it the way he did it. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. This is what it says. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. How many did he appoint? 
72 others. Wow, I thought there was just 12. No, the 12 were the staff, the leadership. But there was a lot of people hanging around Jesus as disciples. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So Jesus knew that he was going to go to different towns and different cities. And so he said, hey, 72 of you, get in groups of two and go out there ahead of me before I get there. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Oh, come on, somebody say, Jesus. Jesus prayed for you. Jesus prayed for you. Do you know that? Some people don't understand that. Jesus' prayer on the earth was that you would be a worker in the harvest field. My question to you is, are you going to be an answer to Jesus' prayer? He said, go in two by twos, and remember this, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray for the Lord to send workers into the harvest. Verse 3, go. Everybody say, go. Come on, look at your neighbor say, get up and go. Amen. You can look at your other neighbor and do it southern. Say, go on, get now. Go on, get. You got to get off that pew. That's why you smell so bad because you're sticking around there. That's why they call it a pew because you stick around here for a while. You get an attitude. You got to get out there and change the world for Jesus. He says, I am sending you around nice people that are going to treat you special. No, he says, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. God, I'm going to be a lamb and they're going to be a wolf. I'm going to be scared. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. God, I'm a lamb. They're a wolf. He said, you get up and go. Stop that. Number four, don't take a purse or bag or sandals. You're going to walk barefoot. Jesus sometimes is crazy, you understand? See, we think Jesus is rational sometimes. You don't understand. Jesus is not rational to your way of thinking. What is up to you is down to him. What is last to you is first to him. You see, God says, you're going to go, and you're not going to bring any money. You're not going to bring a bag, and you're not even going to bring a sandals, and you're not even going to greet anybody on the road because his assignment was to these two by two was they're going to go preach the gospel, and how are they going to know they preached it well? they'll have a house and somebody will bless them and then they'll go from there but if you can't preach good enough to get some food and some sandals then you ain't a good preacher you sleeping on the side of the road tonight Bubba okay geez I'm gonna start preaching that is what he told them. Verse 5, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on them, and it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. So this was his plan. You're going to go to a city where you don't know anybody. I'm not even sending you with any money or any budget. You've got to go there and find a place to stay where they're going to feed you and take care of you. And once you find that place don't go try to find another place stay there and start preaching the gospel somebody say keep it real Amen. He says, when you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we will wipe out against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. And I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day than for Sodom and Gomorrah. So it says when you go out preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and they don't listen, look, I got sandals on it. You just shake off them, them chanclas and you just say you're, you're going to be in some trouble because that homosexual pedophile city, they're going to be better off than you are because you're hearing from preachers today. They didn't even get a chance, but you had a chance and you rejected it. 
Sodom is going to be better off than you. That's what he said. Now Jesus is reminded of the other towns that rejected him, and he just starts rebuking them right now. Verse 13, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethesda, for if the miracles that were performed in you have been performed in Tyre and Sidon, which was another place that was judged by God in the Old Testament, they would have repented long ago sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And you, O Capernaum, like as if you forgot, he's like, Chorazin, and by the way, Capernaum, you will be lifted up to the skies. No, you'll be brought down to the depths. Somebody say, Jesus, don't play. Amen. Now, verse 16, he who listens to me will listen. Or excuse me. He who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. But he who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. So he's not just rejecting the son, also rejecting the father. Verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes, scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Somebody say all the power of the enemy. We can overcome. Amen. Nothing will harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So they go out to go preach. Jesus says, don't bring anything with you. That's going to make it easy. Preach in these towns. Whoever brings you into that house, eat there, stay there. Don't go from house to house, but let that be your headquarters. And then if they don't accept you there, shake off the dust, go to the next town, and on your way out, rebuke them and tell them it's going to be bad for them on the day of judgment. Then he begins to rebuke cities because of what they had done to him rebuke uh, uh, he rebuked him because they did not accept him and by the way they ended up crucifying him and then he says to them here's here's the gospel real simple if they listen to you they're listening to me if they reject you they're rejecting me now go out there and preach that message and then they came back and they go oh man people are getting saved demons are getting cast out we're excited and then Jesus says hey you think that's something I was up in heaven when we kicked Satan out of heaven and he fell like a bolt of lightning but don't rejoice over how we beat up the devil rejoice in the father's love because you are his children amen can i hear an amen to them here is the message this is what i want you to receive today 10 points about preaching the gospel at an outreach let's look at what jesus told them to do and i won't keep you very long but here is the crux the heart of the message number one witness in small groups jesus sent the 72 in groups of two so we don't want everybody all huddling together like 10 of you and like you push the one out of the circle. You go talk to him. You go talk to him. And like they're looking back and there's like 10 of them all around them. No, we're going to put you in groups of two or three because we want you to learn from the person that's stronger than you. So if you're a weak witnesser, you can learn from the one who's strong. And then in the conversation, they'll go, and what do you think? And then you could be like, I think it's true. Jesus loves you. And they're like, yeah, you did good that time. And then you get better. You get better. And then before you know, like, we're holding your back. And you're like, let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. We're like, ah. So you, you get trained to do it. That's how Jesus did it. Somebody say, that's how he did it. Thank you. We start in small group, groups of twos and threes. Number two, when we're there, one of our prayers is, God, send more laborers. So once you get out there and you're like, boom. 500,000 of them and only 100 of us. God said more. That's when you realize we need more. And Jesus actually says that's biblical, that when you go out evangelizing, your first prayer out there is to be, God, send some more. We need some more. We need some backup out here. Woo! Once the, fire, the sirens go on, Lord, send the angels, Jesus. Send the angels. 
But see, we go out there and we preach the gospel in twos. And then when we're out there, we say, God, raise up more. Number three, we expect opposition. Jesus said we would be sheep among wolves. People aren't going to enjoy you telling them about their sin at a festival. When you're sitting watching a movie in the pitch black at a movie theater, do you like it when somebody shines a light in your face? Do you like it when you've been sleeping and somebody turns on, a loud, uh, uh, turns on the light and puts on that loud noise? You're like, get it out. Well, that's how we are when we're in darkness. We don't want to see our sin revealed. We don't want to hear the gospel preaching, stop, shut up. We don't want to. But there's opposition, but there's also the chance for those people to open their eyes and go, oh, my goodness, I got a zit on my face. You ever notice when the clubs always keep the, the lights down because some people are ugly, and they want you to be bumping and grinding on ugly people. But once you know what I'm talking about, once the light comes on, you're like, dear Lord, what's wrong with you? And, and sometimes we feel that way. You know, we keep the lights really dim. You know, we put a, maybe women, a lot of makeup, guys with their hair. And then you put on the lights, you realize, man, I got a zit. I got a big old zit right here. Turn down the lights a little bit. And so people sometimes will say, oh, I like my sin. You've exposed it, but I don't want to look at it. Others will go. That's the truth of the word of God. I need some acne cleansing. I need some heart cleansing. So when we go out there, we expect opposition. Sinners love to sin. They wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't fun. They're not going to be out there plowing a field by hand and picking up rocks. They're going to be out there partying because sin has pleasure. Did not sin pleasure you for a time? But then you saw that the end and the wages of it was death. Amen? So we preach in groups. We pray for more laborers. We're expecting people are going to get upset, but we know we're safe. You're going to be okay. Number four, we're going to be strategic. Now, Jesus' strategic plan was for them to prepare the way for each town that he was going to. This would be similar that if we were going to do big events, we would send you out to pre prepare the people, and then we would come with the stage. And many times they do this in African nations and Indian nations and even sometimes here in Campanias and Crusades, the gospel preachers will go out and say, we're going to have a gospel crusade. Everybody come. Everybody come. Jesus is Lord. Catching out devils. And then when Billy Graham shows up, Reinhard Bonnke shows up, Greg Laurie there at the United Center, boom, everybody comes. But ours is not so much that strategy, but our strategy is very similar. It's simply going out and telling people about Jesus and pointing them back to where we are, the hub, the metro praise hub of North End and uh, uh, California. So when you go out and meet people, you can go, hey, did you accept Jesus? Did you pray that with me? I really meant that. You want to come back with me to the Northern California, meet my pastor and, and some of the elders? That would be our strategy. We don't need to go out there without shoes, okay? You, you can bring a purse, ladies, if you want to bring one, okay? But our strategy would be don't wear a lot of jewelry. Don't come out there with flashy clothes. And that would be our particular thing. And Jesus was teaching them to rely upon him. And many times our missionaries do this still to this day. The number fifth thing was seek relationships. Everybody say seek relationships. Amen. The disciples depended upon those relationships to actually eat and to sleep. We're looking at those relationships so people can, uh, you know, come around and respect us. Give you an example. Security guards, we want a relationship with them so they can let us into the park and lift up those little yellow things that block off roads. We want to build relationships there, and then we won't move from place to place. We'll pick one place. We want to make relationships with the police officers because we don't want the police to think we're there to cause trouble. We want to make friends with the, the people who are selling the T-shirts and the flags, and, you know, there's going to be super Puerto Rican out there. He'll put on the flag around his neck and run around. You know, they always love to do that, and they'll wave it around like, as if we didn't see the other one. We need to see this one. So they're going to keep reminding us. They're from 
Puerto Rico. Okay, and so there's people selling those flags right there, and we're going to be nice to them. We're going to say, hey, you want some rice? Can we get you something to drink? As a matter of fact, we give just as much food to the surrounding uh, concession stand people, to the security guards, the police, and the people in the park as we do to the actual attendees in the park because we want to be friends with them, seek relationships. Number six, we're going to heal the sick. Obviously, they cast out devils because they came back and said devils were cast out. So don't you believe they were doing the other things, speaking in tongues and being invincible, not being harmed? Absolutely. Number seven, they preached the kingdom of God, the message of Jesus. You can see it, how they did it in Acts 2.38. Because, you know, we're just getting a summary here. We don't hear everything they did. But as you read the book of Acts, you can see how they preached. Rebuke those who do not believe the message. Now here's a tough part. Everybody say rebuke. Here's a part that's not fun. When you've shared your message in that group of two and you've done something very nice for them, handed them some rice and you've hung out or whatever, if they don't accept Jesus, you do have to tell them, woe unto you, you're in some trouble. You don't have to do it mad. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to put them down. You don't have to call them names. You son of the devil, you're going to burn in hell. Tell them, Pastor, he's going to burn in hell. You don't have to do that. But you do need to say, hey, man, I'm glad you appreciated the rice. Your children got face painted. They got the Puerto Rican flag on them. We've been here talking for a while. I know you guys got to go, but do you want to accept Jesus? No, no, I'm cool. I got my own religion. I mean, that's good for you guys, but I got my own religion. Okay, well, just... Before you go, i got, I got to warn you. If you don't accept Jesus Christ, you will be condemned. You'll perish for eternity. Can I at least pray for you that another opportunity will come and you'll accept it? Maybe tonight you'll go home, you'll read the Bible in the book of John. Can I pray for your children? And I'm telling you, if you do it the right way, most people will respect you. They'll say, yeah, pray for me. Some will get mad. Some will say, well, how dare you? But we're going to say, well, I didn't make up the message. I'm just the messenger, amen? amen. Here we go, number nine. Jesus gives you all authority over the enemy. You see, in Mark chapter 16, he said you could pick up serpents and, de and drink deadly poison. And now that same type of hyperbole, parabolic language is used. He says you're going to stomp on scorpions and snakes and nothing by any means will hurt you. What this is saying, once again, is that you have authority to be there by God until he tells you you're going to go home and be with the Lord. And then lastly, rejoice in your salvation. You are not out there to win people an argument. You're not there to make them do something they don't want to do. You're there because you love Jesus. Jesus saved you, and you're just following his commands and being obedient. And if they don't like it, that's on them. They're going to stand before their God. So don't get discouraged because a lot of times people say, well, they rejected me. They hurt my feelings. And none of us like rejection. I don't like being rejected. But what did he say? They're rejecting him. I could see if you were out there with, this is my autobiography, my best-selling book, all about me. Would you like this book? And I'll tell you all about me? No, go to hell. I don't like you. Well, then you could get upset and go, well, they don't like you. Okay. You're out there going, this is Jesus's book. This is all about Jesus. Can I tell you about Jesus? Ah, oh, you go to hell. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to heaven. I think that's where you're going. Because hell's a real world. It wasn't a cuss word because they're telling me to go to hell and I'm not going. I'm going to heaven. And then some people like that song, Highway to Hell. And as they're walking away all mad, I say, don't take the highway to hell. And they get all like, okay, and they get mad at me and all of that. But we want them to go to the highway to heaven. Can you stand on your feet with me today? Can you bless the Lord? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's preach the gospel. God gave us a mandate. Band, would you come? The mandate is to preach his gospel. 
I know churches can ask for all your time and then some. Sometimes they got stuff going on eight days a week. Trust me, I understand. I'm a pastor. I don't go to all of our services here either. I go to church. I'm a part of a life group, and I do discipleship. Everything else I try to do accordingly. My family comes to Wednesdays accordingly. I do the other things accordingly. We're not trying to make you do something else in life. What we're saying is, if Metro Praise is your church and you felt a connection here and you really believe in what we're doing, come on out there. Let's show Chicago we love them. If you haven't noticed, I'm not Puerto Rican. It's like they just love Puerto Ricans over there. They just talk about Puerto Rican, Puerto The pastor's gringo. <laughs> it's not like I'm saying, let's go to the Polish-American festival. Let's all go out there. Let's go to the Italian festival. That's my people. The reason why I chose the Boricua Fest is because you can't miss it. The first time I lived here, it's like, whoa, what's going on? Everybody's telling me they're from Puerto Rico. And all the Fullerton diversity. And then I followed the train of the, the cars. And I saw Humble Park. And me as a fisherman, I was like, oh, man, they're all the fish. There's, there's some fish right there. As a soul winner, I said, man, there they are. Come on, let's go. And I grabbed Nancy and I said, let's go to Humble Park. I don't even know what's going on out here. And then they told us, this is where we celebrate. We're from Puerto Rico. But don't you know you're from Puerto Rico? Yeah, I did. But you, you don't forget? No, I always know I'm there, but I just want to tell everybody else. Okay, that sounds fun to me. You want to tell everybody else you're from Puerto Rico in America? I'll come. You all get quiet when I preach like that. I always say to people, like, what would we do like, like American Day in India, like American Day somewhere else? But anyways, Puerto Ricans are Americans. We're all the same. Look at your neighbor and say, just forget he said that. But my point was... That's what they were on. And I was like, man, there ain't nothing like that. You know, the Polish people go down Belmont. You know, they do their little things. Cinco de Mayo do their little thing. But there's nothing like it in our area in Humble Park. There's just nothing like it. Half a million people. That's why we do it. Starting Thursday, 5 p.m. right here. Saturday, Friday, 9 a.m. Because we love them. I want to ask you a question today. Are you willing to go and reach them? Are you willing to go and reach them? Maybe your friends and family won't be there, but somebody's family is going to be there. Somebody's daughter's going to be there. Somebody's father's going to be there. Somebody's brother's going to be there. Somebody that people care about is going to be there. And this is our time to get out of these four walls. And I know I say the pew thing, but please hear my heart. I get so tired of church sometimes. The songs, the microphone, I get God from this moment. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, Jesus, is that all there is? I mean, rock and roll concerts do this. What makes us different, Jesus? And Jesus always brings me back to the Bible. That's what makes it different. We go out there and we give it away. And we love people. And the great majority of people you will meet out there, here's a shocker, get ready, are going to be exactly like you. They're just people. What's it like, Pastor, preaching to Puerto Ricans, Indians, Nepalians, Mexicans? I don't preach to Nepalians, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, Chinese. I preach to people with hearts that are all the same. Every one of us has a heart. I preach to man, mankind. And when you're out there, 
I could tell you testimony after testimony. One in particular, the first year we went out there, young man in homosexuality. I guess there's a gay thing they do out there one of those days. He was confused about his identity. The church he, he used to go to rejected him. And we took him out to lunch two or three times, me and a friend of the church. I wish I could say he accepted the Lord, but I can tell you this. He heard the gospel, and as we would leave those days after lunch, he would say, Joe, I know you care about me. Just, just pray for me. There was another time at Bodequa Fest. We were out there preaching, and it just kind of felt like, you know, everybody was rejecting us. It was a Saturday, and everybody was passing by. And then all of a sudden, there were some kids, some teenagers, just like the ones here in the front row. And they were all coming together, having fun. Long story short, one was a preacher's kid literally going to church the next day at his dad's church. Friends, he's when Rachel's met. Rachel and I, we were talking with them. And they were all church kids, but they were backslidden. We prayed for them to give their heart back to Jesus. And we said, go back to your dad, go back to your church, and tell them you met the Lord at Boricua Fest. What if we wouldn't have been there that day, my friends? Would people hear the message? Let's pray and ask God to send us. Lord, we hear the call, and we want to go. But, Lord, we can't go unless you send us. So, Lord, would you send us like you did the 72 right now? Would you give us the Holy Spirit in boldness? Would you touch our hearts with the pain and the hurt of this culture, this society, the world we live in? Let us not just think about ourselves today. Let us think about others' pains, others' hurts. God, give us the words to say, come on, now if you're scared, this is a time to say, God, take out the fear. Come on, if you're scared, say, Lord, take out the fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, the Lord has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on, if you don't know the words to speak, say, Lord, give me the words to speak. He said, don't worry about what to say in the book of Acts. He said, I'll give you the words to say. I'll bring you before great men, kings, and governors. These fishermen were put on trial, didn't have anything prepared, and God spoke through them. Come on, some of you need to care. Some of you need to care before you leave here today. Say, God, help me to care. Maybe you just don't care. Ask God to change your heart. Ask Him to show you who they really are. They're lost sheep without a Savior, without their shepherd. Men will die and perish and go to hell without Jesus. Come on, change my heart, God. Change my heart, God. Forgive me, God, for a hard heart towards your creation. And by the way, friends, every nation will be out there. You know it. Puerto Rican Fest draws in everybody. They'll all be out there to come get some food and dance and enjoy the music. We're going to reach so many nations out there, 30, 40 nations. You'll meet them out there at Puerto Rican Fest. Come on, ask God to give you a heart for them. I met a Muslim woman out there. She said, oh, we worship the same God. I said, no, we don't. Muhammad was a warlord, killed people. My Savior died for the sins of the world. They're not the same at all. You'll meet so many people out there, different faith, different religion, but ask God to give you a love for them, the words to speak to them, to remove the fear from your heart. Before we dismiss today, I want to put up the words to this song. This city belongs to our God. And before we put up our altar workers in time to pray, would you sing this with us as a declaration to God that our city belongs to Jesus. Salvador, would you come? Salvador was there at one of the beginning times. Come up here, please, brother. 
He was there when we started in my house. And we're believing God that as He came, more are going to come. And the outreaches are going to touch lives. Now He leads a life group. And we're going to pray that God uses Him in the life groups to change lives at Boricua Fest. Would you pray that God will use us to do that? Jesus, Lord Jesus, you call us to go and we're going, God. Jesus, we are ready, Lord Jesus. We prepare ourselves, Lord Jesus, to be used by you, my God. Lord Jesus, come like fire, God. Prepare our hearts, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, for fire, Lord, and you anointing, Lord, Father God, with that when we speak, Lord, you will be speaking through us, oh God. That when we open our lips, it's your Holy Spirit convicting hearts, oh God. We pray, Lord God, that, that Lord Jesus, that you will be with us, oh God. Knowing, Lord Jesus, we go, we go, Jesus, because you call us to go. We want to be obedient to your spirit. We want to be obedient to you, Lord Jesus. Prepare the hearts for the harvest, oh God. Prepare the hearts of your people, Lord Jesus. Prepare, oh God. We expect you to move in that place. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Let's bless the Lord. Amen. Now let's sing this song together. This city belongs to our God. Brother, would you put up the lyrics, please? As we sing it today. This city, Lord, it is yours. Yes, God, this city. This city, Lord, it is yours. Can you just stop for a second? You know I love this song, but this is not the song. I know we had a miscommunication. God put a very particular song in my heart. You are the God of this city is the song I'm talking about. Do you know that? Because I got the iPad right here. You're competing. Let's give it up for the American Idol contestant winner today. I'm embarrassed, but it was my fault. Are we ready? Amen. Can we get the words up here before we leave out congregation? I want us to proclaim this for every devil to hear. We're not going to be in a hurry. I ended a little bit early so we could sing this. I'm waiting for our musician, I mean our sound booth to come up. Guys, will you look at each other and ask each other, will you go with me? Will you come this Thursday? Come on. Come on, ask each other, are you coming? Are you coming? Amen. Let's sing it. Thank you, sir. You're the God of this city. For every voice is declared. Yes, here we go. You're the God of this city. That's what I'm talking about. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are the light. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are the God. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord. You're the Lord of this nation. You are You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are there is for there is no one like our God Woo! Hallelujah! Is, there is no one like our God there is for there is no one like our God and there is for there is no one like our God Greater 
things are still to be done in this city. Come on, do you believe it? Chicago's greatest days are still ahead. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. We rebuke the spirit of murder and violence over this city. Hallelujah. Things again. We call forth the gospel to every corner of this city. Oh, yes, God. Greater things, God. Heal this land. Remove the corruption, oh God. Bring peace to our young people. Hallelujah. Unite your churches, oh God. Sing you the God of the city. You're the God of this city. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, how many believe You're the Lord of this nation. Yes, you are. You're the light of this darkness. You're the hope. You're the home to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. See, you're the God. Woo! You're the God of this city. God, you're over Chicago. North side, south side, west side. The east, God, the lakefront. Hallelujah. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace. You're the peace to the restless. You are. You are. Oh, greater things, greater things are yet to come. The greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things you see out. The greater things are yet to come. The greater things are still to be done in this city. One more time, greater things. We pray for a hundred thousand disciples, fifty churches, oh God. Oh, sending us out around the world, oh God. Oh, yes, my Lord. And greater things are yet to come. And greater things As we get ready to close out, I want to give you a picture of this city. Mom and Dad, would you come up here? They used to live in the city now, and they're in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Jessica and Salvador, would you come? They came from Mexico. Uh, would you come from all the way from Missouri? Can I get uh, uh, my friend Bob and Julie in the back? Can you guys come? Chicago natives for many years. Can I get David and Christy from China to come forward? Can I get my man Juan here from Pakistan to come? If you, uh, Dominican Republic, Ricky, would you come quickly? Honduras, Guatemala, if you're from those countries, please come. Polish, if, if Monica is here, German, any nation right here. Philippines, come quickly. Let me get one or two of you to come quickly. Come quickly. Now I want everybody to hold hands across this congregation and across this stage. We're believing God for greater things. Do I got a Puerto Rican up here? How can I forget the Puerto Rican? Somebody from Puerto Rico come up here quickly. Come on quickly, somebody. Come on. Praise God. Dad, would you pray for this church, pray for this city as we get ready to dismiss. Oh, Father, we come right now in the name of Jesus. The name that's above every name, God. A name that's above Puerto Rican festivals. God, we come to you in the name of Jesus right now. And we declare this city of Chicago to be you. Yours, God. This is your city, Lord. 
This city belongs to you, Jesus. This city is yours, God. We join as a people right now from every nation you see here represented, God. We just want you to know, first of all, God, that we love you above all things. We love you with our whole heart and our whole soul. Help us, oh God. Holy Spirit, move in a mighty way at Metro Praise. This coming week, Lord, even right now, prepare the hearts of these people in this building right now, Lord. Prepare them, Lord. Any form of enemy attack to them, Lord, I, I command you, demons of darkness, you stop in the name of Jesus. This city belongs to Jesus right now, God. Even right now, prepare the hearts of the people that everyone is going to meet at Point Confess, Lord. Prepare their heart, Lord, to meet you. Soften hearts, Lord. Save this weekend, God. Save souls, God. Oh, God, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you are the God of this city. Amen. Let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, make some noise. Amen. Would you slap your neighbor high five and say Chicago for Jesus? This city belongs to you. We're going to have some altar workers if you want to pray or worship. Come on up, altar workers, and any prayer need. We'll see you at Boricua Fest, baby. Chicago for Jesus. Things have yet to come. The greater things are still to be done in this city. And greater things have yet to come. And greater things are still to be done in this city. 